and O. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Four-star big man Xavier Foster of Oskaloosa has trimmed his list of schools down to five. Iowa and Iowa State are in the running for the big man along with Baylor, Providence, and Virginia Tech. The seven-foot big man is listed as the 40th best player in the 2020 class, according to rivals. A wild one last night in Wrigley Field. Newly acquired Nicholas Castellanos goes deep for the first time as a Cub. One, two, pitch, hit the deep right. Piscotti at the wall. There you go. Ian Happ also homers for the first time this year. Javi Baez with two bombs. And newly acquired David Phelps. And the bullpen hold on for dear life. Ball. It's deep and half on the track. He's got it. Touchdown! <laughs> oh my! The call from WGN Sports: a six-five win for the Cubs with the Cardinals' eight-nothing loss in LA. The Cubs' lead in the NL Central is two and a half. The Brewers stayed four back in the division race after a 9-7 win in Pittsburgh. Christian Yelich goes deep twice, including this shot. That ball's hammered way back. How far is this one going to fly? Christian Yelich with a mammoth home run. 9-6, Brewers into the water it goes. The call from Fox Sports Milwaukee. Last night at Target Field in Minnesota, the Twins walk it off against the Braves. A high fly, center field, and that ball is gone! A walk-off winner for Miguel Sano. Sano's 19th home run of the year in a 5-3 win as heard on Fox Sports North. And the Twins' lead in the American League Central stretches to four games after Cleveland falls 1-0 to the Rangers. Tonight, 7:05, the Cubs hosting the A's again. It'll be John Lester on the mound for Chicago. Game two between the Twins and the Braves with Jose Barrios on the bump. And here on KXNO, we'll bring you the Cardinals and the Dodgers, 9-10 with the first pitch. Stay up to date at KXNO.com and all day on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios. You'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. The heart is a blue. Welcome back. Miller and Condon, uh, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 7-11. No, 11-07. <laughs> close, close. Had it packed up. Yeah, it's going early. 11-07. Or late. Or late. Yeah, I'd rather be, yeah, I don't know what I'd rather be. Um, anyways, we're here now. We're, we're grateful for it and uh, in the right spot. A um, couple of things, Trent. You mentioned in your update, Xavier Foster down to five schools. yes. Providence sticks out on that list. Why are they? Why? I mean, I don't know what the, what the young man's uh, plans are, and uh, but that just kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. It did, yeah. the The other ones, Virginia Tech, still kind of mm-hmm. odd, right? That was one of the, his more recent also offers. Mm-hmm. Oh. Iowa, Iowa State. What's the other one? Uh, Providence, Virginia Tech, and there's one more. Oh, Baylor, 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 right. And Baylor was on the list early, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the places he's taken an official visit. USC, another uh, one of the places he took official visit. did visits. not make the cut. And didn't make his final five. But Providence? Ed Cooley, very well regarded. Remember, a lot of people thought he was the front runner to yes, get the Michigan that's job. True. Yep. 
a guy that really connects with people and you hear a lot of good things. So very well could have just been that relationship. Ed Cooley and him just hit it off. Could make sense. You know, Baylor, I've had a lot of questions about that. People, what about Baylor? Baylor throughout the years, what have they done with tall, skilled, skinny big men? Pretty good job, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Seems like they always got that 6'11", 7-foot yeah, guy that can step yeah, out, yeah. hit threes. Scott Drew, it's a good coach. I think he is, too. It's a good coach. I think people are finally starting to come around on him a little bit because he didn't seem to be. People will say that he built his program maybe not with the best of intentions mm-hmm. or skirting around the rule book a little bit. That's always been out there, but he's had some teams that don't have five-star talent, and he's had made good teams out of them. So... That's another one I, I think just because of the kind of player that he is does make a little bit of sense. Big 12 connection. Well, you know what? Two. Honestly, Trent, if he, if he doesn't choose one of the in-state schools, I hope he chooses Baylor because I'd like to watch his like career. Him. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to watch a lot of Virginia Tech basketball. And sure. if I, I'll see Providence if they make the tournament, but only if they do in all likelihood. You don't get over to FS1 very often uh, for the Big East no, anymore, do you? I really don't. I do. I still do. I, I guess. I've got a Winnipeg Jet problem. Ah, yes. That's a little bit different. That's right. where we... We run into, we divert a little bit come, yes. come winter, and we go a couple of different directions. Of course, here's the biggest thing, though. And a lot of people say, boy, this is a top 40 player nationally, four-star. A lot of people, services had him as a five-star early in his career. What's going on here? Why, why didn't Kansas get involved? Why mm. wasn't Duke, Kentucky? Mm. Well, the reason that the, the bluest of blue bloods didn't get involved is he has been banged up. He didn't play at a couple of the big showcase events because of injury. This summer is and it too late for him? I believe so. Is it? Yes, they sniffed around. I think they all liked him. I know Duke was at a couple of his games early this spring. Kentucky the same, and Kansas was about as close as anybody to offering, but never ultimately pulled the trigger. And the reason was he didn't play against the other top players in those big events because of the injury. The other thing, and why after the Iowa and Iowa State, you know, the next year, why why don't we see not the blue bliss, but that next year? Why isn't a Michigan hanging around. Why aren't you seeing programs more of that ilk? And I think the reason is, and a lot of people will tell you inside recruiting circles, is because most people believe he's going to stay in state. So it's well, not I hope worth, he does. It's I, not worth their time to invest. Does McCaffrey need him more? Oh, I don't think there's a doubt. <laughs> he's a guy that has a lot of ties to the university. I think his mom played basketball there, something like that. He has family ties there. He's... Cousins that played at the University of Iowa. There's a lot there, and he needs a bump. Fran needs a bump yes, recruiting wise. And when's that? When's his decision going to come? Did, did that? Did they lay that out? Not exactly. Yeah, okay. I think two prior to school. Prior to the start of the school year for him. Still got another official visit. Does he? Yeah. Signing well, day is not till November. Stretch it out. Maybe a couple unofficials. Yeah, go to a couple good football games. Have some fun in Ames Good and Iowa you, City. young man. Do everything you can. I do, would it. do it. Absolutely. Uh, boy, they register, too. They have the the sports page. There's more recruiting news. It seems like it sticks out to me. And, and, and maybe it's just, and I'm still not into recruiting like a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's more. I mean, Matthew Bain's the whole front page of the paper. I think Petey's got a little section right at the very bottom. But Bain's got the whole front page of the paper today. And that's not, and this isn't just a one day deal. Right. I mean, yeah. they cover the you know what. Uh, speaking of newspapers, I think we got some bad news in our state yesterday. Oh, really? Yes, I do. And, and for some guys that we really like potentially, look, when, when two newspaper giants merge, mm-hmm. that's usually bad news for half of the staff or a good percentage of the staff. And USA Today, 
and I think it's Gatehouse Media. Okay. Gatehouse Media. Gatehouse Media owns the Ames Tribune. They own the Burlington Hawkeye. They already see that they're willing to gut over there, as our buddy John Bowencamp was a victim uh, within the last month. So what this means from where I sit, and I hope I'm wrong, because they've already come out and said that they're going to slash $300 million in the next two years because Whoa. of this merger. In two years? Within two years. They're going to cut that much, though. What does that mean? Where are they going to get that from? You get it from employees. You get that from employees. So here's my... Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Hope I'm wrong. Ames Tribune. They've got two guys that cover Iowa State. Well, really, three. Haynes Gardner covers the, covers yep. the women. Yes, good point. Iowa, uh, the Des Moines Register has two because mm-hmm. Birchie doubles up with the men and the women's basketball. And, of course, Petey um, and, and Birchie. They are the two that cover Iowa State. We saw it with the... Uh, Des Moines Register and the Iowa City Press Citizen not too many no years ago, yes. right? Yes. The Press Citizen guys all walk the plank, mm-hmm. and the Register guys are now read in the Iowa City Press Citizen. Pat Hardy. Pat Hardy, gone. Who we've had on Ryan Shazer, Sha- Sha- something like that. Shashamel. Sukamel. Yes. Sukamel. Uh, Rob Howe was there for a while. Right, yes. Uh, he's now Hawkeye Nation. So what does that mean? If they're going to, if they're going to try and cut this, you're going to be reading Petey? Mm-hmm. And Birchie, in the re- in the not only in the Register but in the Ames Tribune, or you're going to be reading Dylan and Travis not only in the Ames Tribune but in the Des Moines Register. Right? They won't have four guys. No, no. They will have two guys, and those two guys will be in both newspapers because that's mm-hmm. the way, sadly, that it works. You cut it down, you syndicate it, if you will, and you cut costs. That's and, how you do it. Yep. Yeah. And, and this merger is going through. They've agreed to it. It okay. was announced yesterday. Um, and they are going to cut, cut, cut in a, in an industry that is already cut, cut, cutting. And when these two giants get together, that doesn't bode well. And I feel that's the first thing I thought of because we like all four of those guys. Yes, no I'm doubt. Put words in your mouth, but mm-hmm, yeah. you've never had a bad word yes. to say about them. None I don't know Hayes guys. Gardner. I'm sure he's a nice kid too. Yeah, uh, but I know the other four, and they're all good guys. Um, first one of the athletic wins. Iowa State has an opening. They don't have an athletic guy. You do not. Nope. Scott Dockerman has pinch hit and done some yes. articles. He was but, there last Thursday covering Iowa State Media Day. But they don't have a dedicated uh-uh. guy to that. It would make perfect sense. And look at Iowa State fans, as loyal as a fan base as you're going to find, if yep. there's an article, if they've got a guy, they'll spend the two ninety nine a month to get the yes. content. The other- they get great free content at Cyclone Fanatic. Mm-hmm. But they'll, I, I truly believe this, that they will pony it. Because it's just more than, you, you pick your team, right. you get it all. Yes. Your pro football team. Yes, your, your MLB fan, team. MLB, your, Premier League. You're one of those League. weirdos that likes the NHL. I mean, hey. all those things. You get it all, though. You get it with all. That. Yeah, the Premier League, they, they launched the yes, UK. on, on uh, Monday. And uh, the article from, what was it, last week, they've gone over half a million subscribers now. And did you see the average price point no. for those subscribers? Uh-uh. It's like $64 a year. So you're paying none of that, aren't you? That's about what it, yeah, the, I'm, it's how much a year is the average price? Sixty four, I want to well, say. Then I don't feel so bad because I'm five bucks a month or four ninety nine, yeah. and I thought I was at the highest level. No, I mean I get the same stuff you do for two ninety nine. Right, exactly. I don't get anything more. Right, I just found one of the deals right. and happened to. I didn't want to enter the code and was lazy and <laughs> two bucks a month. That's not going to kill me. I hope. I hope. Yeah, and you just took it. Right. But I, I was like, 
well, what kind of deal are these people getting? Not nearly as good as what right. seems like the, all those codes are so, out there. So there's dudes worse off than I am. Yes, but it's still yes. You know what? It's so worth it. It is. It is so, so worth it. The content it. is incredible regardless. If mm-hmm. you're a sports fan and listening to us right now, I'm going to guess you are. We're not paid for this. No. We don't get an endorsement fee. No. So we'll get, want we'll to, get free I mean, access to it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're easy to get a hold we're of. We're open for business. Want. Yes, no doubt. But it is. Sports fans, yeah. if you enjoy good writing and different they can go really deep. They can go deep into access. And there's just so many different ways. Yep. They just do things differently. It's great for sports fans. I feel for two of our four friends because I can just see the writing on that proverbial wall. Well, Travis Hines will be an NBA beat writer yes, at some point. no question. He's a great basketball yes, mind. And if it's not an NBA, a big college beat, I could certainly see or him doing that. Or a national college beat. He's a like Minnesota a Jeff guy. Jeff Goodman? Yes. Like a... Yes. Uh, What's the guy, uh, Gary Parrish, yep. one of those type of guys? Yes, I agree. And he does work with our buddy Rob Doster right now mm-hmm. over at NBC Sports, so that's certainly going to be happening there. Dylan, get on that. Make a phone call. Man, oh man. Yeah. I was when I saw the news just of the merger yesterday. I didn't even think of it. Of... I didn't realize the Ames Tribune was part of that. Uh-huh. I saw the story, yep. but I didn't put two and two together. And it doesn't uh, equal a, a good news for no. uh, some of our friends. We'll take a time out. Zubin Mahente will join the program next. He's at ESPN, as we always do with Zubin every single week. We go around the world of sports. It's 1117. You're listening to Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460. Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Con in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Coming up on 1125 years, we take you up until noon. Let's get our buddy Zubin Mahente in here. Boy, he's been on TV a lot late. Well, that's his job. Yeah, right, right. Where else are we going to see him? Zubin, uh, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Zubin. How are you? Doing good. Always good to be working. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed it is. Zubin, I saw you on Saturday night. You said you're working again today on ESPN Sports Center. And you also mentioned to me right before we came on the air that you're working a double. I want to know what constitutes in the world of ESPN Sports Center. What is a double? What does that all entail for you? I would say a double is like most other people's jobs, where if you have two responsibilities in one day. So tonight we're on ESPN at uh, six o'clock. I should say I think we're actually on ESPN two tonight because I think there's some qualifying. For the Little League World Series on ESPN today, it's that kind of it's that time of year. Uh-huh. It is. You guys have had some teams go very deep, and of course, you've had teams made the uh, Little League World Series. So, Sage Steele and I will be on tonight at six. Uh, we'll be done at seven, and then I'll be like most other sports fans. I know you two parked in front of the TV watching baseball. John Bucci Gross and I will be on tonight uh, at eleven. So, just basically two shows in one day. It's kind of cool. The six o'clock show kind of looks ahead, as you know, at Eastern time, and then at eleven. We'll wrap everything up. We'll go for a couple hours till about 1 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. But uh, no complaining. I, I realize how fortunate I am. <laughs> no, Zubin, you do a great job as well. And we appreciate you coming on with us as you do, uh, well, most Tuesdays out of the year. Very grateful uh, to have you here as part of our program. Well, Zubin, we're also very grateful that football's back, and it is back. We've got hard knocks tonight. I know it's not your network, but we've got football uh, really starting uh, this Thursday and carrying us right through the month of August, and then it's on uh, full-time. Have you... You know, have you heard any interesting from the uh, NFL people that make their way through the building? Is there a team that they're talking about maybe that 
made you stop and think to yourself, well, I really haven't heard a lot of love for this team. Maybe I should go back and take a look at them. Who's that buzz team in the NFL right now that seemingly is you know, starting to get a little bit of love? Well, I do ask that question when I see our guys from time to time. Um, and a lot of them do show up on SportsCenter. That's actually been a question we've asked. I would say that the, the answer that I've gotten that has maybe stopped the most because I've heard it quite often is Jacksonville. Yep. And that's because of two years ago, you got a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. of the AFC Championship game at Foxborough with a chance to go to the Super Bowl for the first time in franchise history. Obviously couldn't close the door. And then obviously last year was a disaster. And I was joking with somebody. I just would have loved to have seen Tom Coughlin's face, just his reaction. I don't know. I mean, on the scale of redness with the cheeks, one to ten, where would it be when Jalen Ramsey hopped out of that yes. megaphone? <laughs> I just would have loved to have seen that so badly. But they do have a great team. And we're about to see what Nick Foles is all about. You know, is Nick Foles closer to the guy that threw for over 500 yards to beat Tom Brady and then almost? Uh, did it again last year, had the Saints on the ropes, engineered the wild card win over Chicago. Or is he closer to the guy that threw 27 touchdowns and two picks with the Eagles in 2013? Or maybe is he the guy that's just been in the right place in the right time and he really is closer to the Rams and Chiefs' Nick Foles, who openly said during the Super Bowl run a couple years ago when he was on one of those two teams, uh, that he was thinking about walking away from football. So I think you've got everything in place for the Jags. You've got redemption. You've got pressure. You've got guys playing for big contracts, fifth-year options, huge money. And you bring in Nick Foles, who nobody has been willing to pull the trigger on for this sort of money before. And it'll be really interesting to see how it all unfolds. So it's a team off the beaten path a little bit, but our guys are really interested. And I think a lot of people are interested in Jacksonville. Certainly a lot of people interested around here in Kansas City and as a whole that's where I want to go with you. Kansas City, a small market, certainly for NFL terms. It's the 32nd biggest market in terms of television. With that, Patrick Mahomes is dynamic. Wait a second. Kansas City is? 32nd, yeah. Where's I mean, Green Bay? It is behind 32nd as a TV market. Oh, gotcha. It's behind Raleigh Durham. Gotcha. San Diego, Salt Lake City, all bigger TV markets than Kansas City. But that doesn't matter in the NFL, or does it? Take us behind the curtain there at ESPN. Do things like that matter at all? I don't think they do because I think I think social media has changed a lot. But I would also say it's cross-pollination in sports. I mean, I think you could say for a long time we would max out our Oklahoma City Thunder game. If you're talking Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook, realizing Harden wasn't that sort of player that he is now back then coming off the bench. But that's a team you want to maximize. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot more of the Denver Nuggets on TNT and ESPN. I'm not sitting in on our programming meetings, and I don't know anybody at Turner. But that's a quote-unquote larger market, but not seen as a large market in the NBA. There's a lot of people that think, sounds crazy, there's a lot of people that think Utah could contend for the Western Conference mm-hmm. title this year. They've made some incredible moves in the offseason. Another smaller market. Portland, another smaller market with one of the most rabid fan bases in the league. So I think you see it in the NBA. I certainly think you see it in the NFL, like you mentioned, Ken, with Green Bay and then Kansas City not being a huge market. I think in baseball it does matter because in terms of baseball ratings and numbers, if you could ask Fox right now if they could have the Yankees and the Dodgers, they would take it with all due respect. To, I know I know the Twins are ready for a big run here, Trent. But, yes, they are. You know, baseball, that, <laughs> that does matter. So I don't think it matters as much in the NFL. I think if the Jaguars make the Super Bowl, like let's go back to the other question, 
I think it will garner a tremendous amount of attention, whether it's the first near miss in the mid-90s or this team or Coughlin running it or Jalen Ramsey or Nick Foles, another redemption story. I think any NFL team can garner that amount of attention. In fact, I think you take you behind the scenes. Uh, our NFL team pages, uh, NFL team page, we have a reporter that covers every single team in the NFL, and those pages all do incredibly well. I mean, incredibly well. People are clicking on every single team, and I'll take you behind the curtain a little bit. The guy that gets the most clicks in baseball hasn't played in baseball in years. Our data tells us if we run a story about Ken Griffey Jr., that is more likely to get clicks than baseball's biggest stars that are playing tonight. So I think a lot of sports are just cross-pollinated. It works in the NBA. It works in the NFL. And I think in baseball, even though the Cardinals would not be seen as a large market team with a tremendous amount of success, they're an outlier. Uh, So I think it matters on the sport trend. I would say NBA, NFL, it doesn't matter if you're one. It doesn't matter if you're 30 or 32, depending on the league. I think in baseball, it's super important. Hmm. You know, it's a, that's a baseball problem. We just look at the – we're trying, not yeah. before the show started. We're talking about the home runs and Yelich at the top and Trout right there and Bellinger. Those are three young guys that baseball needs to do a better job of marketing, no doubt about that. I want to go back to football. One more, Zubin. I'm going to come up with uh, – when Trent and I get to go on record here uh, toward the end of the month, I'm going to say that Detroit won't finish last in the NFC North. Um, if I'm right – who finished last in the end? If I'm right and Detroit doesn't, who will finish last in the North? I, I think these, I mean, if you give me that scenario, I would say Minnesota. I'm just not sold on Kirk Cousins at this particular point. You've got to win me a playoff game. You've got to do something with either one of the two franchises you've been a part of. So if you give me that parameter, I'm going to go Minnesota. I will say something I thought was really fascinating. I'm glad you brought up Detroit. That's a team that's obviously not getting a lot of attention outside of the situation with Matt Stafford. Uh, and his wife, which is a very serious situation. Yeah, sure but, is. you know, the Lions are in a situation where they've just really fallen back to the pack. And, uh, you know, I think the last time I literally mentioned them on SportsCenter a couple of weeks ago, Barry Sanders had his uh, 20-year retirement, hmm. and we did a whole big segment on what would have happened if Barry would have kept playing. But that's, I mean, that's how the Lions get in the show. We have to go back 20 <laughs> years to get them into SportsCenter. But I would say this, for any of your fans that are, you know, listening or like to listen to podcasts or something on the way home, Matt Patricia was on the Rich Eisen show last week. And um, if you would have told me this is Matt Patricia, I just happened to catch the beginning of the interview. He was loose, giddy, funny, engaging. Matt Patricia was? High tempo. Matt, it was unbelievable. I actually think if you go back and watch it, you can find it on YouTube. If you go Rich Eisen, Matt Patricia on YouTube. I actually think, and you know, Rich is well before my time here at ESPN, I actually think he said something like, yeah, coach, how you doing? You know, your throwaway first question just to get the interview going. And in this sort of ebullient answer that Patricia gave where he was just like, he was like on full blast 10. <laughs> and I think for a second after, you know, Patricia answered the question, I did almost have to like stop for a second <laughs> to like recalibrate his thoughts. Because he's like, am I talking to the guy with the pencil in his ear, the backwards cap <laughs> that was gruff the entire time he's been in New England in his first year in Detroit? Maybe there's big things in store. I think it's easy to root for Stafford. He seems like a good guy that's thrown for a ton of yards and hasn't had a lot of help. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that think he's underachieved. He also, like Cousins, has never won a playoff game. Um, but I think if you have any, if you have 5, 10, 15 minutes to spare, if you're listening to that on the ride home, just punch that into YouTube on your app, and I think you're going to find you're going to find a complete 180. Maybe he just turned it up for the interview. Maybe it's because they haven't lost the game yet. <laughs> but it was really interesting. It is the time of holdouts, and one of the big headliners 
certainly here over the last few weeks has been Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys. The Cowboys, a national brand. Zeke Elliott, a national name. What's the latest you're hearing on this? And it feels like maybe more and more reality starting to set in that Zeke might not be with this team for week one. Hmm. Yeah, Arjustine Anderson, who I worked with in Denver for years, reported this morning that he's not going to play this year if he doesn't have a new contract. Obviously, as you know, he's got two years left on the deal. He's got the fifth-year option, which I think is something the Players Association is going to have to recalibrate in the next CBA, at least for running backs, because I think there is a school of thought, run these guys into the ground, and we won't even offer them a second contract. Ezekiel Elliott just happens to be talented enough where I think somebody's going to have to give him a second deal and give him major money. He's never hurt. Now, obviously, can you trust him with money? I don't know. I mean, he's obviously been an untrustworthy guy off the field, but he caught 77 balls last year. I mean, he can do everything and do it well. But I think there's a situation here where the Cowboys are almost the victims of their own success. We were discussing this the other day with Todd Archer, our Cowboys reporter, who's out in Oxnard. And this is what happens when you pass on Johnny Mantell and draft Zach Martin and Byron Jones mm-hmm. and Ezekiel Elliott and trade for Amari Cooper and find Dak Prescott with the 135th pick and get Leighton Vanderesh and Jalen Smith. They have to pay all those guys. I mean, think about all the guys I just said. They're all young guys. None of these guys are like super vets where they've been around or maybe it's time to say goodbye. Like everybody I mentioned there is in line for a huge contract. And frankly, all of them have deserved it. So now it's the Cowboys kind of figuring out, well, are we the victims of our own successor? We have drafted so well. Who do we want? Who do we not want? Who compliments Dak best, I think, is the biggest answer. Now, obviously, on the defensive side of the ball, that would be a moot point. But on offense, it's who compliments Dak Prescott the best. And I think those guys have the opportunity uh, to obviously stay and get the money that they want. Is Ezekiel Elliott fueling Dak Prescott? Is the Cowboys' offensive line fueling Elliott? I mean, all of those questions have to be asked at some point. Um, But I think all the guys I just reeled off are young guys that are in basically their first or second. I mean, Amari got paid first-round money when he was with the Raiders, so that might be a little bit of an exception. But all these guys are due for money, and obviously the NFL is a cap league, and I'm not sure they can keep all of them. So that'll be interesting to see, too. Yeah, there are going to be some decisions there, no doubt. And then fast forward a year in the Vikings, they are in cap hell uh, next year. Their window's about to close, and I'm not sure maybe it already hasn't. Anyways, uh, I want to go to your alma mater, Zubin. And the reason I bring up Rutgers, and I'm sure you've seen this, Boy, they uh, cut the ribbon on an incredibly shiny new football complex facility, uh, etc. And you know, you keep hearing that you got to keep up in the arms race. We saw Northwestern spend a boatload of money on their facilities, and they are spectacular. Trent points out, though, what's it going to be like? Are they going to be that shiny when it's January and February? Maybe not, but uh, you get the point. But Rutgers' new locker room, Zubin, I know LSU got a ton of publicity and a ton of hype, but good for Rutgers uh, spending the money where they did, realizing that if they want to have any chance to move up the pecking order in this Big Ten, they have to keep up facility-wise. Looks like your alma mater really did. Yeah, I think they're in a tough spot. This is more of a prerequisite. I remember having a conversation when I was working at Channel 5. Is one of the... I want to say one of the latter assignments I did, it was probably 2005 Big Ten season opener, or Big Ten conference opener, I should say. Iowa was playing Michigan, and Michigan's quarterback that day was Chad Henney. So that's about that far ago, if you can think about that. It was on ABC, and we went down to the big house to do the pregame show and all that stuff. And we got Bob Bowlesby on uh, as a guest, obviously being Iowa's AD at the time. And we had him on. And we just said to him, I said, listen, you know, when I was covering Iowa, and I don't know how it is, Trent, I know you have season tickets. When I was there, it was, you know, mostly metal bleachers, old school, utilitarian sort of stadium. 
And we just said to Bob, we said, you know, Bob, how do you compete at Iowa knowing that this is what you've got to contend with? And we were doing the show with the big house with the backdrop of 100,000 seats and the winningest program in major college football history. And I remember Bob looked right at me. And I, I haven't had much contact with him. I ran into him once, uh, I want to say, maybe in Stillwater a few years ago when he was checking out an uh, Oklahoma State football game. At that time, he was commissioner of the Big 12. So we had a chance to catch up for a couple minutes. But I remember he said to me, when he looked at that question, almost looked at it sideways, and he said, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, we're Iowa, they're Michigan, and there's a difference. But he goes, <laughs> he goes, the only thing worse than being in the college sports arms race hmm. is not being in the college sports right. arms race. <laughs> and it was a very well-said thing. And so I think Rutgers is just sort of finding that this is just a prerequisite. I wouldn't even, and I know there's been a lot of talk locally there about padding on the back and all this, let's get with, you know, let's keep up with the Joneses. Let's get caught up with the time, but I'm not willing to go there because, you know, brand new football palaces generally don't correlate to win. There's no correlation there um, that's direct. And so I think what they did is actually just a prerequisite. So while a lot of people are, are saying, Hey, way to go. You know, I guess somebody has to finish 14th. <laughs> it's one of those things where I think to me, this is just like, you know, you want to be a doctor? You got to take a biology class. You want to be an engineer? You got to take chemistry. You want to be in the big time? You got to act like you're in the big time and build the facility. So I wouldn't say I'm down on them. I just think they did something that was long overdue and probably standard for any team that has any uh, hopes of achieving big things. They're probably a little bit behind the curve. It's a state university. State's in a ton of debt, tons of problems, not a huge fan base, hard to allocate a lot of money to a program that's coming off a 1-11 year, hasn't beaten anybody in the FBS since 2016, which is an amazing stat in and of itself. Um, but uh, I just think they're probably doing what they're supposed to do, so I won't give them too much extra credit. So obviously Rutgers being in the East, it's an uphill climb with the four powers there. It was a surprise to me, and I think Ken too, how big of a conversation piece where we're, when we were at Big Ten Media Days going away from the current divide is? Either realignment, an idea, but both Michigan schools in the West, you flip over maybe Illinois and Purdue back to the East and even it out in that direction, or doing away with divisions altogether. And instead of having two division winners face off, you just take the top two teams in the Big Ten and have them play in the championship game. Either of those make sense. Anything that you would like to see, and for Rutgers it probably doesn't matter, but big picture, what do you think's best for the Big Ten to get to the playoff? Well, I think two things. Uh, one, I think for Rutgers and, and a lot of other schools in this sort of situation, Rutgers is very similar to Iowa State when the Big 12 was going to break apart. And that is if you're Iowa State or Kansas State or even Kansas with a great basketball program, I think OU is going to take care of OSU. But if you remember back to that time almost a decade ago, Iowa State was just hanging out there. Yep. And I think Rutgers would be in the same position, i.e., whatever can be done to salvage the Big 12 conference, Iowa State will be a part of that. And that's what basically their lot in life at that point. And Rutgers is in the same way. Whatever the Big Ten decides to do, they're going to have to just play along because they don't have any leverage. Think about this, guys, in, in regard to what you're talking about, uh, Trent, with the playoffs. You know, the, you know the last team to score a point for the Big Ten in the college football playoffs? Uh, I, I don't. It's been well, a while. Ohio State shut out. Michigan State shut out. No. Was it Ohio State that first year? Yep. Wow. They have not scored a point in the college football playoff since Ohio State won the first title. Now, That's obviously, they've been in some of the last three. Yep. Uh, their, their champion has been kept out of the last two, so to speak. Uh, but that's the biggest thing of all, getting in 
and doing something. And I don't know how that would be. Um, obviously, it's just tough because you know their insistence on not playing FCS and then having the nine conference games for other leagues and it's not uniform. Um, and obviously, as you mentioned, Trent, the league is not being balanced at this particular point. Um, but that could be cyclical if they decide to change it and things, you know, go differently. You never know. If Wisconsin looks like Wisconsin, if Nebraska get back to 90% of what they were, and Pat Fitzgerald really has this thing humming at Northwestern, it's not nearly as lopsided as it takes. Now, those are a lot of ifs <laughs> to happen, but it could happen. Uh, but I think the biggest thing for them right now, for Kevin Warren and obviously for Jim Delaney and his swan song tour, they just got to get a team in the playoffs and they got to do something when they get to the playoffs. The Pac-12 has taken a ton of heat as the team that can't get in and doesn't do anything. But And you can't take away the national title. The Big Ten has the first college football playoff title. But if it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately sport, uh, the Big Ten might be looking as red-faced as anybody. Hmm. Zubin Mahente, ESPN, double-shifting today, and he gives us a little time. We're grateful for it. Zubin, thank you. We will uh, talk to you next week. We'll see you on TV. We'll have plenty of opportunities to do so today. Thank you, Zubin. Yeah, see you next week. Yep, good to talk to you. Zuba Mahente, our buddy from ESPN Sports Center, double shift. Double shift. That a boy, Zubin. Doing the five o'clock for us Sports Center. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that and uh that time frame, I, I normally don't have kind of preview Sports Center on. That's the little one's home from school. She mm-hmm. gets to flip on something. But uh yesterday, wife and kid were at Costco, so I had the TV to myself. And for the first time, I was able to Where sit did down you land? to 207, that is ESPN News for yep. non-DirecTV people, and the betting show with Doug Oh, Kess. I haven't seen it. Is it good? I really enjoyed it. Wow, surprise. Well, surprise. Yes. But would, would um, I mean, it's, does it, does it, would it talk over the majority of our audience's head? I don't think so. I think it well, is. good then. It's informative enough for non-educational. Yes. Is it? A couple of different angles. So, they, so they're trying to teach. So then you know what? People should be paying more cl- closer attention yeah. to that. And they went three and one on their best bets, the four people that were on the panel yesterday. So, and so they threw out baseball. They did. And I jumped on all of them just to have a little fun. <laughs> so what was the one that they missed? Do you remember? Of it, course you do. You bet it. I did. I think it was the over-under in the Tigers-White Sox game. So they throw out totals. So when, yep. when do they give their plays? At the end of the show? Towards I guess the end, yeah. It's about probably 5.45 our time, something like that. Is that and a daily occurrence? Do you yes, know? yeah. Uh, Preston five Johnson o'clock two o seven, huh? Yes, I'll watch it today. Yeah, it was it was good, informative, fun. I really like Doug Kazarian, who mm-hmm. we've had on the air yep. before. He's really good, and yeah, good group of panelists. You know, another guy that I used to have on all the time, Joe Fortenbaugh. You remember him? The he, name, yeah. And he's on there, and I think he's one of their main contributors. That's on there a lot. Just forgot how much I. I need to dig up Joe. Well, what's they're paying those dudes? I mean, yeah. If 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 you if you love sports, if you've bet on sports, mm-hmm. these guys are for some of them right. now going to make their living talking about betting on sports. There's no doubt. We were ahead of our time, Trent Condon. Yes, we were. When I started sport, it's my sports doc career. Sixteen years ago, that's what I do. I talk a little betting. Mm-hmm. I throw mix it in there, and oh, I got called to the corner office. What are you doing? Twenty-two-year-old punk, knock it off! You can't talk gambling. Yeah, point spreads were a no-no. And then all of a sudden, they got a uh, call from one of those, you know, scammed. Scam, yeah, what do you they call? Wanted them? to throw some money at the scamby cappers. And then they're like, "Oh, this is a really good idea, Trent. I like what you're doing." <laughs> and then they're on for two weeks, and then they're gone. Yes, yes, yeah. Those, I mean, you remember those Wild West days of I those do. people? I do very well. <laughs> 
there were some shady outfits anymore. That has died off over the last. Yeah, but I'm getting a lot of people following me on Twitter now that are selling Coming their backs. Oh, is it? I think that's where they're, I think that's where they're mostly going to be found now, and especially with states that go live. And oh, by the way, ours does a week from Thursday, and every single one of the local shows is going to be out there Thursday the fifteenth. Okay, with the exception of the Saturday morning pregame, they don't get out there until Saturday morning. But the morning rush, Trent and myself, Murph and Andy, and the Fanatics, all four local shows on Thursday, the 15th of August, will be live at PRM, and we look forward to that. And then on Saturday morning, uh, Songer and Roberts will be on the air from 8 until 10. Now, you love to take a look ahead at schedules. Have you looked? Do we have a full complement of maybe day baseball that day? I don't know. Well, Well, there's football for sure that night. There will be that evening. Let's take a peek ahead here. Oh, yeah. We got a little Mariners-Tigers. Is that know, a day, that's a day game? 12-10 first pitch, if I could get in there before the first pitch. Uh, uh, Angels-Miami. All right. How about some Dodgers-Marlins for you? Two oh five, August 15th, day baseball. Get it going. Come watch Ken and I talk back and forth. You can hop on with us, and oh, it'll be quite the day. Uh, what's the NFL schedule that night? So that would be week, week two. Two of the preseason schedule. You got Eagles, Jags, uh, Jets, Falcons, Packers are at the Ravens. So that game will be on your television. It will Assuming, be. Mm-hmm. well, we don't know where they're at, right? Is it, are they KCWI or are they, I don't remember. The Vikings are KCW, or Channel 8, right? Right, I believe KCCI. so. KCCI. Yes, and that's where the, the song is. Okay. is the Chiefs. Okay. 17 has so the So then Chiefs. maybe the Packers or the Bears. The see. Boy, they got to iron that out with uh, DirecTV, do they not? Yes, they do. Yeah, Green Bay at Baltimore, 6.30 kick. Oh. ESPN has a game. They've got Raiders and the Cardinals. By the way, what are the Cardinals doing bringing all these receivers in? I thought the Keem Butler they liked. What, I mean, I'm not saying that it's, it's him that they're trying to yeah. move out, but I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's not going anywhere this year. I thought they were good at that spot. Maybe is Butler not having the start to camp that some thought? I think that could be a fair reading between the lines estimate, right? That's happening. Mm-hmm. Got to be a little concerned. Well, they brought in three receivers yesterday. Anyways, we'll take our final time out of the program. We're back to wrap things up. 12 to 12 on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Up now. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. song came out about 50 years ago. 50 But years what did Memory Songer tell us that they're not that good? The Rolling Stones uh, are a dime a dozen. You know. <laughs> Youngster, please. I, I, this was not, of course, the music of my youth. Right. But do you hear this? This is a banger. Yes. 50 years ago. 50 years ago. I think it was in the 60s. I'm pretty sure this was released in the 60s. Anyways. Uh, we were, we uh, only have about a minute left. Uh, tube talk tonight. It's the Twins. Barrios goes, I know, for the Twins. Yep. I'm not sure who the A's pitch. Uh, or the, uh, the Braves pitch. Full and Whites. Okay. Who's been awful after being an All-Star a year ago. Maybe he's due. Well, Barrios was really good in his last yes, start. Yes, he was. It was in Miami, though. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then uh, Lester tonight goes for the Cubbies. Couple of lefties in that one. Against... Yeah, Brett Anderson. Yeah, Brett Anderson. And then day baseball tomorrow for the Cubs. We will have Cappy tomorrow. Good. Uh, and i got to ask him about Castellanos, what the, what the plans are mm-hmm. for him. 
forever unrestricted free agent. I got to think that the Cubs are going to kick the tires there. He's been a nice pickup, Trent. We talked earlier with Jordan Burnfield. I brought up maybe Bryant going to the 10-day DL. With Castellanos now there. IL, sorry. (laughs) That and the San Diego Chargers screw me up every time still. The IL. With Castellanos there, can't you afford for 10 days to try to get him right? Mm, two and a half games. There's something wrong to do. But he's batting yes, a buck yes. fifty in his last ten games. He's six out of forty. One extra base hit in that time. Eleven strikeouts out of his forty played appearances. Not good for a guy that uh, most felt was going to break the bank. After all, he is represented by Scott Boros. That time is coming, but uh, it's been now. Well, I don't think this year, as bad as it's been at times, was as bad as his body of work in 2018. But injuries were part of it last year. Cardinals late night tonight. It'll be Clayton yeah, who do they have? Oh. on the mound and Mikolas on the bump for the Cards. Boy, the Cardinals need this one, and they got to go up against Kershaw to get it. Well, you can hear the game right here. Uh, 9-10 is first pitch. Murph and Andy come your way at 2, then the Fanatics at 4. Morning Rush will start it all again tomorrow. We're Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO.